0: Good afternoon, sports lovers. Daniel Garb here with you for the first time in 2024 on SCN 1170 in Sydney, SEN 693 in Brisbane. Great to have your company wherever you are listening. I trust you had a wonderful Christmas and New Year. With thanks to sbsfence.com.au, this is the afternoon show. Garby filling in for Jimmy Smith. Hasn't been the best start to the year for a couple of sports' biggest names, unfortunately. We went to sleep last night with the news that Rafael Nadal was out of the Australian Open. At 37 years of age and having missed nearly all of 2023, perhaps the legend's time is up after 22 Grand Slams. It would be a sad end to one of the great careers in sports. We'll go into detail on the summer of tennis so far and Alex Dimonor's encouraging start, to say the least, to all of it ahead of the Australian Open on the show today. And then we woke up this morning to the devastating details that Sam Kerr had torn her ACL at a training camp with Chelsea in Morocco. With the Olympics six months away, it would take a miracle for her to be at Paris. It's a shocking setback for her, the Matildas, and the Olympic team in general. That is arguably the biggest name in the Australian setup out of the Olympics. Former Matilda Amy Chapman joins us soon to discuss the fallout from that. No matter how easily Australia wins, even though Pakistan challenged Pat Cumminside plenty, the Aussie test team still generates as much chat as anything in Australian sport. The David Warner replacement call looms as a fascinating one. It feels like Cam Green or Cam Bancroft. If it is Green, which seems more likely at this stage, does Steve Smith open the batting? We'd love your thoughts on that. 0457 736 736 01 1170. And David Warner's career in general. How do you reflect on it? It was a celebration over the last month or so in the media. But is the average fan as glowing of Warner in the wake of Sandpaper Gate, as the media was. Did that sentiment reflect your true feelings of him as he bid farewell to Test cricket and one-day international cricket with a decorated career on the field, of course? Adam Collins from SEN Cricket will join me after one, but I'm keen for your thoughts on that as well. And we'll look at the many talking points in the world of golf at the top of this hour, too, with Steve Kuypert from Australian Golf Digest as Rory McIlroy falls on his sword, according to Greg Norman, on the Live Golf Dramas and will forecast the year for Min Woo Lee. The reason being, I've got a feeling he might have one of the biggest years of all in Australian sport in 2024. And that got me thinking about your nominations. Who will have the biggest year of all in 2024? Isaiah Katoa with the Dolphins, perhaps in the NRL, still only 19. Jeremiah Nanai, he might bounce back and have a big year. Maybe it is Cam Green's time to explode. Does Alex Dimonor go to that next level and break through to the final four of a Grand Slam? What about Phoebe Litchfield? My goodness. She shows more than just promise in the women's cricketing arena. She's already a star. She might become a household name in Australian sport by the end of this year. Send us your nominations, 0457 736 736. Or call us 1300 01 11 Already a couple of nominations that have come through. This one from Stuart. Hi, Dan. My rising star for 2024 is Sam Goodman, says Stu from Cronulla. A boxer who, amongst boxing aficionados, certainly has pride of place. Maybe on the uh, the wider Australian sporting scale is yet to become a big enough name. Perhaps this year he does just that. And this from Tim. Good afternoon, Garby. Look for Jason Day to win twice on the PGA Tour this year as well as get back inside the top 10 in the world. Well, he's inside the top 10 in the Century Tournament on the PGA Tour at the moment in Hawaii. He's doing nicely there. Had a chance, though, to uh, contend for that championship, Jason Day, and just slipped back a little bit. Chris Kirk and Sahith Thegala still uh, duking it out in that one. In regards to Dave Warner, the media need to take some responsibility in terms of the hate and unwarranted criticism. This is from Adam from Camden. For a two-year span, all that was ever written was how bad he was post Gate. He shouldn't be allowed back, etc. He was the one who put Bancroft up to it. He was given a, a ban by the ICC a one-match ban, and then the Australian media crucified him. Now down the track because he's going to be working with a few of these media types, the media has the nerve to say how unfair the public has been. He's a great, and he copped undeserved criticism. The media elite need to take some responsibility and realise the constant bashing and negativity has effects on people. They are human. And if I was Warner, I'd refuse to work with half of these so-called journalists. Interesting one from Adam from Camden. Send us your thoughts on David Warner's career. 0457 736 736. Call us one one 1170 Daniel Garb with you. Great to be filling in for Jimmy Smith on SEN Afternoons. We want to know who your rising star of Australian sport will be in 2024. My tip is Minwoo Lee. Unfortunately, doesn't look like being a great year for the legend that is Samantha Kerr. That's because of the news that came through this morning that she had ruptured her ACL at a training camp in Morocco. With Chelsea. It is devastating news for Australian sport on the whole, not just Australian football or the Olympic team. 20-time Matilda, Amy Chapman has been good enough to join me. Amy, thanks for your time. Uh, it's such sad news. Happy New Year to you. This is not the way we wanted to get things going in 2024.
1: No, you're spot on, Garby. It's been a tough pill to swallow, uh, to swallow this morning for the whole nation, I think, in the whole football community. It's um, you know a massive loss. Uh, she's such an icon of the game and after the 2023 the Matildas had mm. and, and football had in this country, it's it's very sad morning.
0: She can't take a trick at the moment, Sammy. I mean, the, the calf injury, we all know how incredible the World Cup was and the Matildas campaign, but you do at times have to step back and think, "Geez, what would have happened if Sam Kerr was at her absolute best throughout that tournament? And now this ahead of the Olympics, which is so instrumental in women's football. We know how big of a tournament it is and, and the Matildas – of course, we'll be hoping to uh, to get on the podium. So the setback, Chappers, and assuming that she is out, let's maybe touch on that first. Is there any chance? I mean, sometimes footballers can get back in, in six to nine months or so from an ACL. Do you give her any chance whatsoever of being at Paris?
1: Uh, no, I probably don't, to be honest. Mm. If it's as clear cut as it sounds like it is. So obviously she was based um, over in Morocco with her Chelsea club team and it sounds like it was just in a training session, a little bit innocuous. Um, but I think she'll she'll head back to London in the next three days and get further scans because it's important to see whether there's any collateral damage. I don't think there's been any word on if it is the same ACL she tore 12 years ago or if it's the other one, which, you know, clinically mm. does make a little bit of a difference, even yeah. particularly on how you do do, do the surgery. Um, but in terms of a rehab, oh, uh, I'd, I'd say nine months for someone like Sam is is the minimum amount of time out. So. It'd be very, very ambitious to see her back in what would be a six-month turnaround. So I think watch this space over the next few days to get those clear details, but um, highly unlikely.
0: So how big of a setback? I mean, we got an insight into how the team can fare without her at the World Cup, but that was with a mountain of energy behind the side on home soil. Uh, Do you give them any chance of a podium finish in Paris in Kerr's absence?
1: Oh, I do. Absolutely, I do. And I think one thing for the Matildas is is they do have a bit of depth. If they have depth anywhere in the squad, it is in that attacking front line. We'll have to see a little bit of a a reshuffle again. Maybe Mary Fowler comes into that number nine position or or Caitlin Ford Mm. potentially. But um, ideally, you have Sam. She is the best number nine in the world, and she's just so difficult to mark for those other teams that it actually changes the way those teams play against the Matildas. So I think it's a massive, massive blow. And even her sheer presence, she's the captain, uh, the things she's achieved on the global stage is, is, there's no doubt this is as big as it gets in terms of a player to lose. But we did see a glimpse of that throughout the World Cup. She's had, you know, a pretty tough run over the last 12 to 18 months. We've not seen Sam Kerr at probably greater than 80% fitness in a long time. And for her to still be Second in the Ballon d'Or at 80% uh, shows probably how talented she is.
0: She's 31 this year. Where does this place her career, this setback? What what will she be thinking in terms of what she's able to achieve from here? Is it simply a case of just do the rehab, come back and do what I was doing? Or or do you start to, to worry about her ability to maintain her insane level of performance with an injury like this as she now passes the 30 mark?
1: Yeah, that's that's a great question and, and I'm probably positioned well to do that, yet I had three ACLs in my time as a, as a footballer mm. and it ended up being a career-ending injury for me. But for Sam at 30, I think she's still got another cycle in her, definitely. So these Matildas, these international players, they, they do think, particularly when she's thinking about representing Australia, they think in cycles, four-year cycles, you've got World Cup and the Olympics. So if we do write her off for this Olympics, she's still got another four-year cycle in her. So I think she'll be head down, determined to achieve those things. She's still chasing um, an elusive medal at the international stage as well. I think there were a really good chance at the Olympics. But of course, she's got champion, Champions League ambitions. She'll miss out again on the WSL, potentially going five on the trot for Chelsea. So um, she she's a unique um, talent that that Australia has produced here. So I think she's still got a lot of years ahead of her and the next 12 months um, she'll be looked after very closely from the likes of Chelsea.
0: So she's out of contract at the end of the season at Chelsea. She got engaged recently. Her partner plays in the United States. Uh, There has been some talk that she might go back there. Could this injury spell the end of her time in England? Has she played her last game for Chelsea perhaps, do you think?
1: Well, we've just seen her fiance sign for West Ham, actually. Right, so so she's gone back to West Ham. Yeah, so I think there was a little speculation over how long the the long distance could go there from both, you know, because the balance, life balance is really important for these players. But it's seen, it looks like Mewis is heading to London, which probably um, made Chelsea's uh, life a little bit easier there. But Sam's contract, I I know they were already in negotiations, but nothing's cemented. So, it was coming up the end of her contract at Chelsea at the end of this year. So you would expect that they'll want to hang on to her at all costs and they'll look after her rehab as well. So I think we'll see uh, Sam continue in the WSL and and hopefully uh, Chelsea will still back her even, you know, aside from this injury.
0: ACLs are as devastating an injury as you can cop in sport. Uh, we know they are prevalent in, in male sports, but they do seem to have a higher rate in female sports, I know Amy, you're, you're across this. You've suffered the injuries. You, you are someone who takes an interest in why it is a, a plague for so many female athletes. This is Sam Kerr's second ACL. Can you break it down for us? Why are women more susceptible to them?
1: Yeah, and it's, this is the million dollar question, really. Um, there's, there's, there's primary factors, so there is the genetics and the biomechanics of the, the movement of females. Mm. Um, so when we talk about genetics, if if you've already had a, a previous ACL injury like Sam has, you're already doubling your chance of doing it again. So it's always a bit of a worry. It's always something in the back of Sam's mind. But when we talk about those genetics, it is partly, there's no single factor, but it is the cue angle from the hips to the knees and how much they load their knees. It's also to do with the muscle structure of the female body. And um, women don't have quite as much, you know, hamstring strength to support that ACL joint okay. as well. But, You can't just put it down to one of these single factors. It's a lot more multifaceted than that. And, of course, hormones, menstrual cycle, there's been a lot of um, research done into that. But I think when you draw it back holistically, it's so much deeper than that. Um, We look at the way um, the system of football and the system of sport is set up. It's very gendered towards men um we look at the the secondary factors like loading football boots the fields they play on and sometimes even in the in the women's game sam kerr entered the international stage at the age of 15. so are we are we fast-tracking the careers of these girls too soon are they ready are they developed um it's it's a very, very complex issue, and I think FIFA are chasing their tail a little bit. Footballers are chasing their tail a little bit, um, trying to find out exactly how they can support this better.
0: We're talking to Amy Chapman, former Matilda, about the devastating news that Sam Kerr has torn her ACL. I mean, twice in the space of, of six months, we've been hit by Sammy Kerr setbacks, one on the eve of the World Cup. This one's six months out from the Olympics, but already... Uh, it is uh, such a shame considering one of the biggest names in Australian sport won't be there in Paris, almost certainly, barring uh, a miracle. So for Tony Gustafsson and his future, the Matildas coach, I mean, this is, is meant to be his his swan song, you would think, with the Matildas. What do you make of his future and uh, and what this does around the team, the challenge for him and uh, and where it looks moving forward in terms of the Matildas coaching position?
1: Yeah, that's that's a great question. It sounds like it's a little bit of a stalemate. Sweden are wanting to get him back on their books, potentially as the assistant coach of their men's team. And obviously he's still locked in until after the Olympics here with the Matildas. And I'd be surprised if he does leave um, prior to the Olympics. I think he's got a really great opportunity. Uh, the Olympics are still only 12 teams for the, for the women. Um, so the chance of getting a medal is actually really quite high. And we saw Canada win it last time. Um, Great Britain haven't qualified. Sweden haven't qualified. There's some massive countries that haven't managed to qualify. So um, I think Australia still primed really well to... um, Obviously, they still need to get past Uzbekistan in these qualifiers coming up in February. But um, I I would be very surprised if Tony leaves before seeing this one through. But he is a bit of a hot commodity at the moment after the success of the Matildas.
0: Hey, this just threw on the uh, text line from Muz. I'm tipping the Matildas will go into beast mode next year or this year um, without Sam much more than we witnessed at the World Cup. Terrible news, but I think we'll be okay. 0457 736 736 for your views. Amy, you've been inside playing groups and, and squads and changing rooms when a, a big injury hits. Can it sometimes galvanize a group? Can there be messages going around saying, all right, this sucks, but that's just going to inspire us even more to do something special. Can it have that impact sometimes?
1: Yes and no. I feel like initially it can be really devastating and sometimes a big distraction. I think certainly, you know, leading to the World Cup, that the eve of the World Cup with Sam Kerr's calf injury, that would have really rattled a lot of the players mm. and, and how do we set up, how do we proceed without Sam? But I think we've got a little bit more leeway now, um, getting this this new six months out from the from the Olympics. So I think there'll be a bit more preparation time and Certainly, I think of all the positions, like you said, with the Mary Fowler, the Caitlin Ford, the other strikers we have in form. I think we can make some some tweaks that will help. But I still think Sam just plays. She's such a big character. She's such an icon of the game. She's definitely going to be irreplaceable off the field. So I think we'll probably still see her involved heavily with the Matildas, and um, they're all exceptionally close friends. Have been playing together since they were twelve years old. So I think initially they'll be they'll be really hurting for Sam, and and what that means for her immediate immediate
0: future just before we let we let you go Amy you're on the sideline for uh, Network 10 and Paramount Plus on Saturday night Brisbane Raw took on Sydney FC um, obviously we're broadcasting into Sydney on SEN 1170 and into uh, Queensland as well on SEN 693 uh, Sydney FC looked really good didn't they I mean uh, a 2-1 win, um, but they've won three in a row now under Ufuk Tala. And the Brisbane Roar, I mean, it's just such a shame that after such an encouraging start, the Ross Aloisi departure seems to have rocked them.
1: Yeah, yeah, and twofold. Sydney looked excellent, particularly in that first half. I thought they, uh, you know, they didn't come out well at all in the second half, perhaps some tweaks from Brisbane Roar. But when Sydney are firing, God, they look dangerous. Mm. That that combination up front, um, Kaczarski... Fabio, Lolly. I think Lolly's arguably the best best in the league right now. He's so entertaining to watch. So when those guys get a little bit of confidence and momentum, they're going to be really tough to, to hold back. And on Brisbane Raw, flip side, it's been really difficult. It was a bit of a shock seeing Ross Aloisi um, have to leave. And Ben Khan, he's really an exciting prospect. Obviously, yeah got a lot going on off the field so hopefully he's still uh, able to grab this with two hands but there's not a lot he can do with three training sessions leading into that but um, hopefully he can steady the ship a bit for Brisbane because beginning of the season it was looking really promising and um, you know there's been a lot of changes off the field and I hope they can you know keep themselves on pace with the top six.
0: We've got the Asian Cup campaign coming up for the Socceroos. Hopefully that gives us uh, the best possible start to 2024 if the Socceroos can uh, win it for the second time. But my goodness, this is not the news, Amy Chapman, that we needed to start the year. Sam Kerr out with an ACL for at least six months. Her Olympics campaign all but shot at this stage. It sucks, really, let's be honest. Uh, Thanks so much for uh, joining us to go through it.
1: Thanks, Garvey. Appreciate your time.
0: Amy Chapman there, 20-time Matilda, talking through the big news in Australian sport right now. There was no bigger story at the minute than Sam Kerr's ACL, one of the biggest names on the Australian sporting landscape. And the Olympics for her looks, um, yeah, a guaranteed miss at this stage. It it would take a miracle for her to recover in time and uh, and be there in Paris. Uh, At 30 years of age, it's just such a setback in her career. Um, Hopefully she can recover quickly. And do what she does best and and lead out one of the great teams in Australian sport right now, the Matildas, on the big stage once more. Join us with your thoughts, 0457 736 736. Call us, 1300 01 1170. Anything you want to talk about sport, the test team, David Warner, Reflections, and your nominations for the rising star of Australian sport in 2024. Who will boom this year? Plenty of nominations coming through. We want more. Join us after the break.